Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com forward slash credit card. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. This is a confidence show. As always, we bring in now Frank Isola. You can watch him on Around the Horn. You can read him at The Athletic. You can listen to him at SiriusXM. Frank, we got to start. You're up in New York. How, what is the reaction and how surprised were you that already, as we get ready for week three, that it is now the Daniel Jones era and Eli Manning's tenure as the Giants' starting quarterback is over? The great play, Travis. You know, it's a lot quicker than I thought it was going to be. I think when they drafted him, especially drafting him that high. And then John Mara, if you remember, right, you know, at some point in training camp, he said, you know, hopefully Eli has a great year and Daniel Jones never sees the field this season. But I think the Giants knew at some point. I, I figured by maybe week five, six, seven, like right around there. I'm, I'm kind of surprised it happened this quickly. But I still say this, you know, Ben McAdoo got killed, the, the head coach. He didn't do a good job. But two years ago, you know, he wanted to take Eli Manning out of the lineup and try something else. I, I kind of think that Eli, it was just about done back then. But you know this. One of the hardest things to do is to kind of replace a legend. It happened with the Yankees. I, I understand Derek Jeter had a hit in his last game at Yankee Stadium and then had a last hit, had a hit in his last ever at bat at Fenway. But that year was not difficult. Like, you know, he was batting either, I think it was first or second. He wasn't doing well. They wanted to drop him down, but Joe Girardi didn't really want to mess with him. And it never, a lot of times with legendary players, and I covered Patrick Ewing here in New York, a lot of times it doesn't end well, and clearly that's the case right here with Eli Manning. Do you think Eli stays any beyond this year? Do you think there's any possibility the Giants release him and let him see if there's any marketplace for his idea for his talents out there? How does this season end? Yeah, I wonder, too. I have a funny feeling that could be the case, that he could play somewhere else. You know, what happened with his brother, obviously, was a little bit in a similar situation, right? Because they were going to get a high pick. They were going to get Andrew Luck, and they figured, let's move on from Peyton Manning, who still wanted to play. And something tells me that Eli Manning wants to play. Now, I know he has put down roots here. He has a bunch of kids. He, you know, he moved from Hoboken, New Jersey, out to the suburbs somewhere. Like, could, his, could some family things have something to do with that? But something tells me that he wants to play. And you know this too, Clay. I think a lot of these great players, they don't want to go out like that. I don't think Eli Manning wants to go out having played, you know, two, you know, having lost two games and pulled from the starting line. But I would think that this summer 
there might be a team out there that you know thinks it's on the verge of winning, similar to what Denver was, and maybe take a run at him. But let's be fair also, he has not played that well the last few years. No, there's no doubt he hasn't played very well the last few years. Now, you've covered Eli for a long time. In your mind, is there any doubt whether he is a Hall of Famer? Should he be a Hall of Famer? You know, with the Hall of Fame, it's always weird. Like, I was you know, thinking about, like, for example, the NBA Hall of Fame, where, like, to me, it's I almost feel like it should be Jordan, Magic, Bird, Will Chamberlain, Kareem, and maybe that's it. And everyone else, no one else should be in the Hall of Fame, where they let kind of anybody, everybody in. I think the NFL is like that. I do believe that you can have a great career and not be a Hall of Famer. I think that's kind of the case with Eli. I definitely think he's going into the Hall of Fame. But, you know, when you do look at the regular season, but what's going to happen, Clay, you know, the winning two Super Bowls, which is huge, that has to count for something. But the whole thing with Super Bowl MVP, remember the media votes for that. That's kind of a subjective award. Like, I would have given it to David Tyree. He's the one that made the remarkable catch that one year against the Patriots. So I, I do think he's going in. But if he doesn't, I don't think it, you know, it doesn't to me diminish his career that much. He, he's had a great career. He won two Super Bowls. But you look at the numbers in the regular season the last few years, they haven't really been there. What would have happened if Eli, after he won the second Super Bowl, had just decided to retire? Uh, would, he, would he be in, uh, up there in the pantheon of greatest New York athletes? Because people <laughs> would have thought oh, this guy walked away at the absolute peak. He would have won us a couple of more Super Bowls. Man, we really miss Eli. I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. I also think I'd be saying, telling you right now, he's definitely a surefire Hall of Fame. Yeah, he right. Out on top. He would have come back. There was a chance maybe they would have won one more. Well, remember this, though. You know, Michael Jordan did that. Yeah. You know, he, he walked away. Then he came back. But, like, everyone loved Michael Jordan so much as a player that we conveniently forget that when he came back and was with the Wizards, even though he wasn't terrible back then, but it wasn't kind of that same storybook ending that we all like. But I definitely think there is something to that where Eli Manning had walked away. But he loves to play. That's the one thing about the guy. He's a competitor. He handles everything really well. He didn't handle the benching a couple of years ago for Ben McAdoo that great. Everyone seems to conveniently forget that he kind of whined about that, and that created a little bit of drama. But, you know, I would say 99% of the time, being on the Giants, he's handling himself like a pro, and he's been a great team leader. So what's the vibe on Daniel Jones now that uh, that he is coming in? And, again, I think the irony here is that David Cutcliffe was the head coach of Eli Manning, and he was also the head coach of Daniel Jones. So what kind of vibe have you gotten on the relationship between these two guys? Do you think they like each other? I understand there's a competitive element there. Uh, but also uh, they, they could have some things in common given the fact that they, they share a mentor in, in Cutcliffe. Let, let's assume that the Giants don't cut Eli loose and that he's then there standing on the sideline holding the clipboard, which, by the way, the most Eli and Giants move imaginable would be that Daniel Jones comes in and he immediately gets injured in the first quarter and then Eli comes <laughs> right back in, right? And, and Daniel Jones is out for like the next seven or eight weeks. And uh, I mean, and it's certainly the way the NFL quarterback position has gone in the first two weeks, any starting quarterback getting injured wouldn't surprise people. But wouldn't that be like the perfect Eli story? I mean, they finally turn the page. Daniel Jones is going to come in and then he gets, you know, a broken collarbone like, uh, like Nick Foles did in the first quarter of the first game he's starting. Well, you know, your scenario is not that ridiculous considering the way the quarterbacks yes. are going down. And in fact, I just saw that hit that Jamal Adams had on Baker Mayfield, which probably wasn't a dirty hit, even though he got fired on it. So the quarterbacks are still getting hit pretty hard by guys. So that's not the craziest thing. You know, about a month ago, I think it was, there's a restaurant that I go to less than five miles from my house. And I was there with my family and the table next to me was Eli Manning and the three other quarterbacks on the team at the time. It was Daniel Jones, uh, Kyle Oletta, and I think the other guy's name is Alex Tanney. They were all there eating dinner. Eli had taken them all out. They looked like they were having a good time. And I think, you know, for Eli, Eli knew the minute you draft a guy that high, Eli knows that they're drafting him that high to eventually replace him. I think he's smart enough to realize that, you know, if they weren't going to win, it was going to happen sooner than later. Again, I think after two weeks, I thought that was uh, – Pretty quick, but I, I think Eli will be good with Daniel Jones. I think the way the fans view it, I think the fans are kind of ready for a change. I think if you go back to draft night, probably no player was treated worse than Daniel Jones. You know, the fans are allowed to do whatever they want. They're allowed to boo and cheer any pick they want. But I thought Daniel Jones got booed. But if you think about the two high-profile players that were drafted out of Duke you know, last spring, Daniel Jones and Zion Williamson, the more hype guy has been Zion Williamson, the guy who had the better summer. 
was Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones actually got out there and performed and did pretty well. Zion Williamson played nine minutes and didn't do anything. But if if you go back to the preseason, Clay, I thought it was interesting. The first game that Daniel Jones played, he played one series, and you know all the plays are scripted. It was somewhat conservative. They took him right out of the game. He didn't play that much. It's almost like the Giants were looking to build up his confidence and almost looking to get the fans off his back a little bit. So it's going to be different now. It's live action. Uh, you know, you're going to be playing in starters all the time. But I think the fans kind of believe that it's time for a change. What about the Jets? Um, the Jets come in with Sam Darnold the year two. They got Le'Veon Bell. They, they go out and get C.J. Mosley. They've made a lot of different moves that people seem to be excited about. And then, I, I mean, they're almost unwatchable. That's how bad they are. And they now are, whatever it is, I think a 22-and-a-half-point underdog, which is unheard of in the NFL going on the road against the Patriots. I mean, are the Jets done? Is there any reason at all to pay attention to their season other than maybe Sam Darnold comes back and you get somewhat of a read on him? But even if, I mean, he's going to play 10 or 11 games at most this year, it seems like it's just kind of a wasted season. Yeah, and to your point, I thought that that game on Monday night was so boring. And the Browns, like, kind of quietly got away with having not really that great of a game against a bad team with basically their entire team. Silent. You know, the Sam Darnold thing, you know, he kind of, you know, you, you've talked about this before about the New York market and quarterbacks. You know, the New York market has kind of been pretty kind to Sam Darnold. He hasn't been great so far. The Jets, uh, you know, the Jets have only won four games that he has started. And I, who knows when he's going to come back. And this, you know, they're certainly going to lose this weekend. You know, on opening week, the big thing was CJ Mosley going out. He got hurt. They were up 16 nothing at the time. And no one, you know, the one thing about the, the start of this football season, nobody's talking about it is the play of Josh Allen. He's actually played pretty well. I get that he had a couple of bad turnovers in week one, but he's done well for himself. Now, I do think he might get himself killed because he runs all the time, but he's actually done pretty well. And uh, for the Jets, I think it's, you know, there's a saying in New York, same old Jets, it certainly applies already. Are you going to watch Titans-Jags tonight? Definitely. Definitely. I want to see... Uh, Jalen Ramsey, who's all about the team. Now, do you, you know, do you agree with me? Even this though he is, wants to be traded. <laughs> this, to me, is crazy. Jalen Ramsey is worth a first-round pick right now, right? Yep. Why in the world, if you have that asset and you are currently shopping him and you're taking bids and you're considering a bunch of different potential destinations for him, would you play him on Thursday night when all that can happen is his value can decline? This, to me, if, if I were a Jags fan... I understand the desire. You don't want to be 0-3. You want to win a game, all those things. But if you know that you're moving him, and that's the reports, and it seems clear that he's not going to be there, certainly you wouldn't think by week four, why in the world would you play him where, with certainly with the injury situations that are going on, if he went out, for instance, and tore an ACL, then your ability to trade him is insanely diminished, and then next year you owe him $13 million dollars as the you know, you pick up the option on the fifth year of his deal, and it also makes it difficult to trade him because then you're going to have like right now. Let me just, and I'm going to talk about this some more in the show because I think it's wild. Right now, you have the ability to trade him, and he doesn't cost a team very much for this year because he's still under his rookie contract. Next year, he's going to make 13.7 million, and you're probably going to have to redo his deal and sign him to a big long-term extension. But if he tears his ACL. I don't know how many teams would be willing to trade for him for next season on $13 million because he might not come back 100% healthy, and then he's going to want a massive deal on top of that. Like, this seems crazy to me to play him. Well, if he tears the ACL, I'm definitely not trading for him. To me, that's a, that's a game changer. I do think you do have old school Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone there, and I wonder if a little bit of it has to I think maybe Tom Coughlin's being stubborn on this one. I wonder if it's factoring in well, we just can't have guys after one game coming up and saying they want to be traded, and then the next day we trade them. I, I, I bet that has something to do with it. But let me ask you this. What did you make of Jalen Ramsey? I thought it was funny. He wants to be traded. The story gets out. And then, of course, he has to be the victim where we didn't leak it out. Yeah. We, yeah. We're, we're not the ones that leaked it. All right, whatever. Whoever leaked it out, you still asked to be traded. Yeah, that, it's still true. That's what the story is. Yeah. He, he was turning it into the leak. He wanted to make the story all about the leak. No, 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 no. 
the story is that you want to be traded. You're the one that wants to be traded. Yeah, you and your agent not leaking the story. It's like, I don't want to be a distraction. Well, it's kind of a distraction <laughs> exactly. if, if you are being traded um, in, in after the second week of the season because you got into an argument with the coach on the sideline about whether or not he was going to challenge a pass or uh, whether or not a catch happened. So, uh, so yeah, I, I did think that was pretty funny in the, in the, in the press conference, like, like he's trying to play the, the big – I also wonder what kind of reception he's going to get. Like, if you're in Jacksonville tonight – and your linchpin defensive player, the guy who may be the best corner in the NFL, has basically said, "Yeah, I can't continue to play here." Like, is he going to get booed? I wouldn't be happy if I were an, a play, uh, a fan, a season ticket holder, showing up to watch the Jags play, and the best player on our team has said, "Hey, I want out of here. I don't want to have anything to do with this team anymore." You know, there was that pass by Blake Bortles a few years ago. It wasn't in the AFC Championship game where. Right at the last second, the defender on the Patriots deflected. If not, they might go on to win that game. They go to the Super Bowl, and everyone looks at Doug Marone and the Jaguars a little bit differently. I think it might be mixed because I bet you there's a lot of fans who are thinking, ah, this coach, what is he doing? He's, he's not a good coach, and now he's trying to run our best player off the team. I, I think some fans will be like that. I think other fans will be like, look at this guy. He's not even loyal to the team. He has one bad moment, and already he's trying to uh, you know, leave the team because now we're 2-0. and oh. I, I think... I, I think it's going to be mixed. All right, last question for you. How would you handle Antonio Brown? You're up in New York City. That's where the NFL headquarters are. Roger Goodell, at some point in time, is going to get put on his desk a report uh, whether or not Antonio Brown uh, cooperates in this investigation. We don't know, but reports are that this Antonio Brown accuser, Brittany Taylor, I believe is her name, that she met for 10-plus hours with NFL investigators. Here's the two options that I see. One, uh, you can suspend Antonio Brown because you believe her story is compelling. You believe she's telling the truth. If you suspend him, you might only have authority to suspend him for six or eight games. A lot of people are going to say, my God, if you think he raped her, how in the world are you only going to have him miss six games? The other option is you might have to say, we don't believe her. We're not going to give Antonio Brown any punishment at all. That is an awkward situation too. I think the NFL is painted into a corner. I don't see any good options for Roger Goodell. Do you? Yeah, they should hire Clay Travis on retainer. I, I, I tend to think that they're going to look at this, and you know, and we saw that story in Sports Illustrated where you know Antonio Brown, you know, clearly not probably the not a good guy. dude. Yes, now and doesn't pay anybody, and I think that they probably look at it as probably a relationship that clearly turned uh, bad. Maybe there was nothing illegal that happened. Then she wanted money. That was if he if he's not giving a chef thirty eight thousand dollars, he's not giving her two million. Yeah. That's for darn sure. So I, I get the feeling that the league knows that Antonio Brown's a bad apple, but I think without a criminal investigation, I still think it's going to be his word against her word. The fact that there was talk about a settlement, I think that might, you know, that probably doesn't work in her favor. And let's remember this. We know how these stories go, Clay. It's still Antonio Brown. Yes, I'm not trying to diminish the story. It's not a big, it's not a big deal. But notice now that he's played one week, the story has kind of died down a little bit now. Yeah, it's it not, is. It's not. Because last week was a big thing, and it's almost like the NFL was putting on the Patriots. And Bill Belichick, if, if Bill Belichick feels like a player's eligible to play and he could help us, Bill Belichick said, you know what, you're going out there and you're playing. Outstanding stuff as always, Frank Isolo. We will talk to you next week. Enjoy the game tonight, and uh, we'll see how what happens. Thanks, Clay. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool, Tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly 
O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and who doesn't want better sex? But if you have ED, you may be struggling and dragging your feet on solving the problem. Don't put off having a better sex life any longer. Check out Hymns Sex Chews and bring a new level of excitement and confidence to your sex life. The process is simple and 100% online, no uncomfortable doctor's visits. No insurance is needed. Pay one low price for your treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider messaging. Hymns has hundreds of thousands of trusted subscribers, so if ED is getting getting you down it's time to change that start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash two pros that's h-i-m-s.com slash two pros for your personalized ed treatment options hymns.com slash two pros prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply see website for details and important safety information subscription required price varies based on product and subscription plan sex choose are compounded products and have not been approved by the FDA. The FDA does not verify the safety or effectiveness of compounded drugs. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Tonight, the NFL Week 3 returns. The Titans traveling to Jacksonville. The Jags around a two-point home underdog as the Titans come calling. Derrick Henry going back near home. He's dominated and owned the Jags the last eight games. Titans have been 6-2 and two against the Jags, 6-2 and two against the number as well. Uh, the big drama, I would say, associated with this game, maybe twofold. Uh, one, what in the world's going to happen with Jalen Ramsey? Uh, is he going to play tonight? Will he potentially be traded? Why in the world would the Jags play him at all? considering the only thing that can happen is their high-value first-round draft pick asset if he were, for instance, to tear his ACL or break a leg or have something bad happen that impacts his ability to play for the rest of the year, then the Jags have no value, and they don't get to use him at all either. So it seems to me this is a high-risk, low-reward proposition for the Jacksonville Jaguars to be playing him even when uh, they are trying to move him. All they're doing is risking his value as an asset for their business going forward. Doesn't make sense to me. Uh, the other big story I would say that's out there is Marcus Mariota didn't play well in week two. Titans choked away an opportunity to get to 2-0 and with a two-point loss at home to the Indianapolis Colts. The Titans really have to win this game. So the, the Jags, I think, even for Jags fans, they would acknowledge, have limited to no chance to be in the playoff race in the long run. The Titans do. Uh, but this is a must-win football game for them coming off of the poor performance in Week 2 in the division. Nobody wants to start off 0-2 in the division. One of these teams will be 0-2 in the division, either the Jags or the Titans, when all is said and done on Thursday night. So we'll be talking about the outcome of this game, certainly on this show, uh, but certainly tomorrow morning uh, as we move into the NFL Week 3 action. I've got an interesting question for you, though. Uh, We haven't really talked very much about this, but the state of New York and the state of California and the state of South Carolina are all advancing bills in their state legislature that in theory would allow college athletes to profit off their names and likenesses. And last week, a clip of Tim Tebow went viral where he's defending the existing college uh, mantra in terms of the college system and talking about why it mattered so much to him, why it matters so much to teammates and everything else. And many people disagreed with that on social media, but it got the ongoing 
discussion of should athletes be paid in college, in particular football and men's basketball players, which are the only two athletes in college that really have value. And so I've got an idea. I want to bring in the crew, and I want you guys to listen to this idea. I want you to tell me if this is genius or insanity. We have this question that arises quite a bit when I have ideas. So I imagine that a huge percentage of our listenership right now used to play EA Sports NCAA college football. You could play all the different college football teams. They didn't have the official names of the players, but they had players whose likenesses very much resembled. They oftentimes wore the same numbers. They had the same attributes, the same uh, power, you know, the same uh, sort of skill rating overall as the actual players did. But because they were amateur, their actual names were not used. The last time that game was produced was 2013. It was a casualty of a lawsuit that was filed, which ended up getting some players compensated for that video game, but it ended the video game as existing. All right? Here is my question. I think the NCAA needs to be somewhat flexible on this names and likenesses related uh, issue. But to me, the way to address it, honestly, is to be flexible, not to be dogmatic. I also don't think that it makes sense to allow every state out there to put out their own rules about what rules will govern their colleges. So I don't think it's fair for California to say, hey, guys can make money, they can have endorsements, and for it not to be legal in any other state because that would theoretically give an advantage to UCLA, Stanford, Cal, all the different schools in California. And I also don't think it would be fair if, for instance, the state of Alabama said, hey, We love college football more than any state in the nation, and that's true if you look at television ratings. And as a result, we're going to say, you get all the benefits of a scholarship to play football for us, but also every player at Alabama and Auburn gets $100,000. By the way, that might be less than they actually make to play at Alabama and Auburn now, but let's presume that they're getting nothing at all. That would not be fair because if you were recruiting in another state, you would say, wait a minute. Why does Alabama get to play, pay all of their players $100,000 in addition to giving them a scholarship? So you don't want state legislatures and politicians involved in trying to set the rules by which we play college sports. I don't think that's a good idea. But I do think that there is a substantial dollar figure out there that is not being tapped right now. And this is a big deal for me because I think about uh, life and in, in, I think there are two different ways to think about life. Many different ways to think about life, but in this particular arena, there's two different ways to think about life. There are two kinds of people when it comes to, uh, to business, right? There are people out there who believe that everything is a zero sum. In other words, in order for you to succeed, you have to take from somebody else. This, to me, is a very East Coast mindset. If your kid's going to get into this college then somebody else's kid is not going to get into this college. There's a pie, and the pie's not growing, and whatever slice of that pie you get is something that you're taking away from somebody else. That's a very East Coast mindset. In my experience, having lived on the East Coast, that is the mindset that governs on the East Coast. It's competitive, but it's competitive in a way where in order for you to succeed, you have to take something from somebody else. The other mindset, which I think is the one that I embrace and I see the world through is, why don't we just make a bigger pie? Instead of trying to fight over this slice of pie that is not changing and it already exists and I want more of it because I'm still hungry and you want more and we're going to fight to the death over it, the way I think is, let's make a bigger pie. And this would be, to me, the way the West Coast thinks. It's not that the West Coast is not competitive like the East Coast. It's that the West Coast is trying to think about growing things. That's kind of the whole purpose of Silicon Valley, right? Creative destruction. We might kill this business, but we're going to build a bigger business around it. And so I am a guy who tries to think of things in terms of growing the pie. Instead of trying to take somebody else's slice which is, I think, the, the, the mindset that dominates on the East Coast. I want to be on the West Coast and think, let's think bigger. 
let's try to create new opportunity instead of just trying to fight over the same opportunity we already knew existed. And so with that mindset in your thought process here, tell me what you think about this. Why wouldn't it make sense for the NCAA for once in their life to be forward-thinking and to decide to bring back this video game, this college football video game, to take it out to all the different video game companies and say, we got a couple of ideas for how you can make money with us. Either we pay you a set fee to develop this game and we take all the profits and we give all those profits to the college athletes in exchange for using their names and likenesses in this video game, which we will primarily sell digitally because we know people are desperate to get this video game again. And we'll let all the kids, all the scholarship athletes in every FBS school who's going to be in this game be able to equally participate in it. Or you take the risk of building this game and you can make all the money on the premium add-ons. If you got kids, or maybe you play yourself, you know that Fortnite, for instance, is a free game. Anybody can go download Fortnite. The way they make all the money on Fortnite is by add-ons. You know, you buy a new battle axe. You buy a new, I think they call it skin, right? Like what you look like. All of those things are insanely valuable. Fortnite has made billions of dollars off of that. The point here is all of the profits that derive from this video game that the NCAA member institutions would otherwise receive go straight to the college kids who were in the video game. The kids get their name their likeness, their skill level, just like it's Madden. They would think, I think it's badass. If for some reason you don't want to be included in this new college football video game, you sign a form and you're out. You don't want your name and your likeness in it, boom, you can withdraw from it. You don't have to do it. And then you could, if this thing goes well, like I think it would, every single player could get up to $10,000 just from being in a video game per year. I think it's genius. It's also a good pilot program which would allow the NCAA to test this names and likenesses aspect because here's the deal. I don't think you want individual players out there trying to sign endorsement contracts with car dealerships. First of all, you can't use, for instance, the school logo. It's it's a lot of complexity. But I do think if you took the money that exists out there in the names and likenesses universe and you put it all into a big pool and you distributed it evenly to all of the scholarship athletes in that sport or in that conference, however you wanted to structure it, I think it could make a ton of sense. All right, I want to bring in the crew and get your immediate reaction to this idea. And I wrote about it. If you're curious and you want to go read about it, I wrote about it. It's the lead article up right now on outkick.com, outkickthecoverage.com, the website that I run. What's your thoughts on this, Danny G? I like it. I would buy the game. I last yeah. played NCAA football back in 2010. Michael Crabtree was on the cover, Texas yeah. Tech in the house. And I ran my offense with Mark Sanchez. Loved that game. I would definitely buy it. And I think it is a great way to provide some means for the players. Yeah, Denard Robinson, I believe, was the last cover athlete of NCAA college football game. What about you, Dub? I bet you played this game, even though it had not been around for a while. I miss this game so much. I'm not going to lie. This was like my childhood, playing this game with my buddies. It it probably is uh, my favorite game of all time. And I was absolutely crushed when they decided to discontinue it. But I, I love the idea. I mean, anything to get this game back is good with me, and it, it I, I agree with you. It gives you know sort of a groundwork for the NCAA to work with in terms of being able to compensate some of these players. Yeah, and, and again, the way that I would think about it is the NCAA, I think, is being very dogmatic and saying we're not going to allow this. But I don't know why they can't be more flexible in their thinking here and use something like this as a pilot program to create value that is already out there in the marketplace. See, I'm a capitalist, right? I understand some people today, it's like, oh, you can't be a capitalist. Cap- like, capitalism is the greatest economic system that has ever been created in the history of the world as it pertains to creating 
higher standards of living. There has never been whatever whatever you want to be as an uh, from an economics perspective. Maybe there will be something that will be created that is better than capitalism. So far, it never has in the history of humanity. So, if you want to li- lift the most people possible out of poverty, capitalism is the best possible system to embrace. All right, it's not without flaws, certainly, but when the flaws are the rich people are getting too rich, it means that they're creating a lot of value, all right? We can talk about the way to distribute money and assets and everything else. That's an interesting conversation. But in terms of just growing the pie, there has never been a better economic system than capitalism. So I am a capitalist. What's surprising to me very oftentimes is that people who are otherwise like me, capitalists, want to embrace this fundamentally anti-capitalistic ethos, which is, oh, the player should not get anything more than a scholarship. Well, why would you not want to grow the pie? Why would you not want to reach out to the marketplace? And here we know, I believe, that there is a huge demand for this video game. Players would like for it to exist. Fans would like for it to exist. It's great advertising for schools. Like, there's no one out there who is opposed, in my opinion, to this video game existing. And so, if there is this market-based demand for a product that features these players, and if the players would love it, and if the fans would love it, why don't you give them what they like? This would be, like if I were running this and I was the NCAA and I was doing this radio show, this would be like me coming on the radio show during football season and being like, hey, today I'm going to talk about women's track and field for three hours. And you'd be like, why, why are you talking about women's track and field? And I was like, well, I'm trying to spend an equal amount of time on every sport all fall. Tomorrow, we're going to do men's swimming. You'd be like, well, I've never listened to that show. Why would you not give me what I want? Talk about football. Talk about football. I wanna, I'll listen to your show every day for the entire fall. All I'm asking of you is when I hit the radio, when I get my podcast, when I put it on, I want to hear you talk about football. Okay. I'm going to serve the market. We're going to talk football every day on this show all the way through the Super Bowl. My promise to you. It will not be a single day we don't talk football all the way until the Super Bowl is over. That's because I serve the market. I'm a capitalist. I want to serve the largest possible market. I want to make as much money as possible. I want to grow the pie. Why wouldn't the NCAA do the same? Eddie, tell me that this is not a perfect pilot program to try and figure out how to tap into the value in names and likenesses in a way that is still fair to everyone and also lifts everybody who is a scholarship player in major college football. Well, let me first echo the thoughts of uh, Dub and Danny in that I also absolutely love that college football game. As a matter of fact, I still have a PlayStation 3 and I have NCAA football yeah. 10. I still play it yeah. over Madden. I like it. I like, love it that much. Um, as far as the idea goes, Look, I don't know about paying college athletes per se, but as far as paying them for their likeness and you know jerseys that have their numbers and all that kind of stuff, I'm totally for that. I, I absolutely am in favor of that. So from that standpoint and the video game that we all love, I mean, yeah, I, don't, I would love to see it. It's happen. a no-brainer, right? And this is something where if the NCAA did this, people would be like, oh, you know what? This is pretty forward-thinking of the NCAA. The NCAA... But of course, which, that's... <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the problem, yeah. Yeah, but in general... The NCAA is an organization that does not get very favorable publicity, right? Almost everything you hear about the NCAA in the media is negative. This would be something where people would say, hey, you know what? Good for them. This is a smart play. Roberto, are you all into? Yeah, it'd be great, but NCAA is not going to let it happen. I mean, that's that's the reason why they got into this, uh, the lawsuit, right, with Ed O'Bannon was because of the video game. Yeah, that's why they had to cease it. Yeah, exactly. But that's what I'm saying, like – there are what happens so often and this is this is i think not just this debate but there are so many issues in america today where people are lined up and they're on opposite sides and they want to yell at each other and they're so fixed into their arguments that the idea of trying to avoid that argument doesn't even occur to them for instance i'll give you a good bit of news that i saw yesterday uh, the number of abortions in this country, not going to solve abortion for you, don't worry. The number of abortions in this country have been cut in half since 1990. They are at their lowest level since Roe v. Wade 
became law in the United States in 1973. They have been cut substantially. And the reason why that has happened is because our birth control has gotten better. Uh, our, uh, our, our overall unintentional pregnancies are down dramatically. That is a net massive positive to America, right? But the people who are pro-choice or the people who are, uh, who are whatever, like whatever side of the abortion debate on you're on, you're unlikely to change your mind, right? My argument would be that the way to get outside of these intractable debates and pay or don't pay college athletes is one of those. And just about everybody out there has an opinion on that is to try and move into a new paradigm. Try and avoid the usual arguments and think about ways to be creative and smart and capitalistic and allow the market-based economy to make smart decisions that take us outside of the usual ruts and arguments. And that's what I would argue the idea of this video game represents is an opportunity to say, hey, maybe we could create something that our fans would like and that our players would like that has economic value and serves as a pilot program for how we could create more money using these players' names and likenesses. Because the way that I think right now is we're leaving a lot of money on the table and we have an opportunity to grow the pie. And right now what you're seeing is instead of West Coast thought, and West Coast thought to me is about creative destruction building something new, altering existing paradigms, you're seeing a lot of East Coast thought. And East Coast thought is about, we've got a pie, we already know how much space there is in the pie, if anybody gets anything more, then I get less. I'm not a limited pie guy, all right? I want more pie. I want to create new dynamic opportunities if I'm in this arena And to me, bring the video game back, give the people what they want, and let the players profit off of it. It's a great idea that could be explored and should be explored. Think about it a little bit. Just that's my olive branch to the NCAA. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. We are indeed here in the Geico Outkick Studios, joined now, I believe, by John Morosi. You can follow him on Twitter at J-O-N-M-O-R-O-S-I. I believe he is in Cleveland right now where the baseball wild card race is continuing. Is that true, John? Yes, uh, sources confirm, Clay. You, you've got both both things right. I, I am in Cleveland, uh, and, and I am, in fact, on the line. Uh, we've got uh, the Indians and Tigers uh, on uh, Fox tonight um, as, as well as uh, Cubs, Cardinals, uh, depending on your affiliate. But yes, if you're in the uh, the great state of Michigan or Ohio, I can confirm to you for sure you'll be watching our game, uh, Indians and Tigers. All right, we're coming down. I think by next week when we talk with you, we'll basically have everything set. Maybe there'll still be a couple of other questions. I think there's about eight or nine games at most left for every team. How is this self? Is this going to shake itself out in the wild card race, where it seems like there's going to be a lot of drama in the next week? Well, I agree. We've got a lot of drama to come. And in fact, I think we could see a game 163 potentially in both leagues. Oh, wow. So this, this could be unresolved right till beyond the final buzzer. Because as we speak right now, the Indians are a half game back of the Rays for the second wild card spot. And, and really, the Oakland, I, I think, I feel confident Oakland will find a way to get it. They've played great baseball of late. But the Indians, uh, they've got one more game with the Tigers tonight. They've really, they've, they have basically been unbeaten against the Tigers this season. So they're, they probably have a good chance to win tonight. And, and I think in general, the Indians, the way they're playing right now, they're not going to fade here. So I, I think that the Rays and the A's both have to, uh, have to really finish strong, I believe, to hold off the Indians for that wild card spot. And then you look at the National League, and, and this is where you could see total chaos, Clay, because there, there is a there is an interweaving going on between the wild card race and the NL Central race, and uh, with the Cubs and the Brewers still somewhat chasing the Cardinals. And oh, by the way, both the Cubs and Brewers have played well enough of late that the Nationals are now in some jeopardy of missing the playoffs. So, so there you could have potentially uh, an all NL Central wild card game or a tiebreaker. There's there's a lot of chaos right now. And, uh, and so I, I would say, Clay, keep your Monday open after the uh, regular season's over because you may have a couple 
game 163s to watch, which are really some of the best kind of sports television that you get uh, anytime, anywhere, because of all the drama there in a, in a one-game playoff. All right, so who's going to win the AL? Do you like the Yankees or do you like the Astros or do you like somebody coming out that maybe isn't anticipated to be as good as those two teams are? Clay, I, I like the Astros, and, and part of the reason there is their, their pitching is just so good. And, and I know that, that the, the game has changed as it relates to how managers handle the, their bullpens and their pitching staffs in the month of October. But I, I look at the way that uh, Verlander is pitched and Cole, and they're both basically pitching at a Cy Young level. And also they've got Zach Greinke and also Wade Miley. Uh, I like their bullpen. It's not as deep as what the Yankees have. But this is where I, I think it'll be fascinating, Clay, if, if the Astros and the Yankees meet in the ALCS because you're going to have one team that's playing kind of the old-school uh, baseball mentality of letting your starters go, and then one team, the Yankees, who will be doing the exact opposite of that because Aaron Boone has said to Tom Verducci they're going to really manage that, that bullpen creatively in, in the month of October and, and really with, with only James Paxton probably letting him go as, as a traditional starter would. So I, I give a slight edge to the Astros' play, it's going to, but it's going to be very close very compelling of course Carlos Correa just came back for the Astros last night so they're getting healthier John Carlos Stanton just came back for the Yankees last night so they're getting healthier too a lot of really intriguing storylines right now in the American League. Kenley Jansen blows another late game situation for the the Dodgers last night the Dodgers obviously are still in really good shape but should they be the favorite in the NL or are you nervous about the bullpen situation? That's an excellent question Clay I, I think that the Dodgers are are really starting to be vulnerable in their position as, as the favorite. I think it is just as likely, frankly, that, that the Braves would win the league. Uh, the, the way they've played of late has been very impressive. I think whoever even wins the wild card game, if it's the Nationals, they'll have a chance. The Cardinals have played pretty good baseball of late, although I, I worry a little bit about their offense. So I'll say that, that at this point in time, Clay, the Braves' chances to win the, the National League are every bit as good as the Dodgers, and, and perhaps even better depending on how their rotation performs. I, I still like the, the Dodger rotation better. I, I don't want to be too, uh, you know, too uh, hasty in my assessment of them because they, they really do have a great rotation, and, and their, their lineup depth is, is there as well. But I, I, I would say on this day, as I look at it, the, the Braves have every bit as good of a chance to win the league as the Dodgers do. Uh, based on their their lineup, I think is is right there with the Dodgers lineup right now, and I like their bull, their bullpen better. Mark Melanson, Shane Green, they both come over and done an exceptional job. So I I think that we'll see the Braves uh, giving the Dodgers everything they can handle if in fact those teams those two teams meet in the National League Championship Series. We haven't talked at all about this on the show. Uh, obviously, if this happened in the NFL or the NBA, I think we would talk about it a lot. But Felipe Vasquez. Uh, Vasquez. I mean, this is a crazy story for the Pirates. Uh, he's been arrested uh, and, uh, and 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 charged with uh, with inappropriate relationship with a 13 year old girl. What's the reaction in Major League Baseball to this? Because I do think, again, if this were the NBA or the NFL, it would be top of the mind stories here. I think maybe because it's the Pirates, maybe because it's baseball, it's kind of not as big of a story, but it's wild. Well, it's it's certainly extremely troubling, Clay. Uh, the, the allegations here and, and the charges are are horrifying, and uh, I, I think that they have caught the baseball community by surprise. I think there's a lot of disappointment, a lot of uh, just questioning of, of of what's going on here, uh, and I, I think that uh, for the sport, the, the the commissioner's office has reacted as it should. He's been placed on administrative leave. Pending the outcome of the investigation, uh, MLB several years ago has put in place the uh, their their policy on domestic violence and, and sexual abuse um, and, and child abuse to to be able to let the league investigate uh, matters as uh, as well as the authorities. And in this case, because of the nature of the charges, MLB and this is according to Jeff Passan, MLB is allowing the the. Uh, the, the court system to, to play out before they begin their own separate investigation. So 
as you know, Clay, this you know based on your your legal background, this this investigation could take some time. This is obviously not something that's going to happen to get resolved in a in a week. Um, so and this so this the point there is you've got a player who uh, who certainly um, is is going to be under investigation for a, a a substantial period of time. I would imagine, based on everything that we know at, at this point in time, and the allegations are very serious. Obviously, we know due process and and. Uh, the presumption of innocence, but but this is obviously a, a very very concerning period of time for for both Major League Baseball and, and the Pittsburgh Pirates as well. Not only that, there are a lot of teams out there that were interested in trading for this guy, and the Pirates held on to him. I mean, in terms of just almost buying yourself a tremendous awful story, there have to be a lot of teams out there, Dodgers included, that just say, "Man, I'm glad we couldn't get this deal worked out because they're in the middle. The Pirates aren't any good." Right, so at least their season ends in a week, and they don't have to, you know, kind of deal with this going forward. There are lots of teams that are going to be playing the postseason in October that could have found themselves in the middle of this. Well, that's exactly right, Clay. And and uh, and had the last day uh, gone differently, uh, Vasquez could very easily have been pitching for a contender. And the Dodgers, as as you and I talked about during the course of the year. Uh, had spoken with the Pirates about Felipe Vasquez. So uh, this was obviously something that was unknown to the whole baseball world. This this came as a total shock uh, when the news broke this week. And um, that, there, there have been certainly some, some issues with the Pirates internally, uh, altercation in the clubhouse, a physical fight between Vasquez and, and Kyle Crick uh, in, in recent weeks. So the, the, the Pirates have, have dealt with numerous internal issues here of late, but certainly none approaching the magnitude of the allegations right now against Felipe Vasquez. All right, last question for you. Let's leave baseball behind. You are a huge University of Michigan fan. The Wolverines on the road against the Badgers in Wisconsin, Camp Randall Stadium, noon Eastern kickoff on Fox. What do you anticipate? Well, Clay, this this game to me is going to tell the tale of the, the rest of Michigan's season. Because uh, this is obviously a difficult game that I, be- I believe they're still an underdog now on the road, which yeah. probably they should be. Tough environment uh, against a really quality team in-, in Wisconsin. But all the questions about the offense the first two weeks and, and nearly losing to Army, uh, they- they've had a bye. Michigan has to, to sort things out. Um, Patterson, uh, th- there were thoughts about just was he 100% healthy based on some decisions he made on some RPOs in the second week of the season. This has to be the answer to this game. Uh, it's going to have to answer where is the Michigan offense, where is Harbaugh's comfort level with the new one, how much uh, command of the offense does new offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis have, how healthy is Shea Patterson, uh, is Dylan McCaffrey a, a legitimate option if Shea is not healthy. I mean, all of these questions are going to have to be answered because, as you know, Clay, this is not Michigan's last tough game. They've got to play Penn State on the road, and, oh, by the way, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Ohio State, all at home. So they have a lot of difficult games ahead, and if they almost lost to Army, and if they're going to lose to Wisconsin, then the promise of this being a program-changing season for Michigan, finally getting to the Big Ten title game, like those those forecasts will be going by the wayside if they cannot find a way to win in Madison and, and win with a competent offensive effort, I believe, this Saturday. Outstanding stuff, as always. We appreciate the time, my man, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. I always enjoy talking with, talking with you, my friend. This is a great time of year. Uh, can't get any better than college football and the baseball playoffs. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, O-O-O-O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool, 
tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free. Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help you with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the office near you, or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, for Forklift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. Whether you're looking for a contract job or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express can be as easy as a phone call, and one application with Express Employment puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit ExpressPros.com, ExpressPros.com today. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. I have a bullet of strict respect to my face. And you have a what? This is Animal Thunderdome. What you got for me, Danny G? All right, we've talked about mean-ass hippos on Thunderdome before. A fisherman was killed by a hippo in Lake Naivsha in Kenya last week bringing the total deaths to 11 in that area with hippos. Fishermen and stakeholders near the lake have expressed concerns over the rising number of hippos there, saying that it's time their population is reduced. They're going to start killing them. In the latest case, this fisherman was in the company of a colleague in the lake when the uh, hippo attacked them. During this incident, Clay, which was by Karagita Beach, the colleague managed to escape while the fisherman had his body cut in half by the hippo. Oh, man. Oh. At least that was probably pretty fast. Yeah, when the collie just takes off. Well, I mean, what are you going to do when a hippo yeah. bites you in half? Oh, man. At least it was. Remember we had that story a while back where, like, the husband and the wife and, like, the husband uh, was okay and the wife was hurt? Yeah. But that was the, that's always been my question. Every time we get one of these hippo stories, I don't know about this one, but... Like, you go to Africa, and you get into a raft, and you go on a river filled with hippos, and then the hippo, like, flips the raft. I mean, I, I, I don't know how much you would have to pay me to get in, a, in an African river in a floating raft with crocodiles and hippos and everything else. Uh, there's no way I get my kids in there because, you know, if you're an adult, it's one thing if you make a stupid decision and something bad happens to you. But if you're a parent and you put your kids in a floating raft, like with the hippos around and stuff like that, not happening. Not happening, no sir. How about if you live there? It's got to be troublesome that the number, the population of these hippos is increasing right there in that Yeah, and I don't know. How many times do you think you'd have to shoot a hippo for it to die? (laughs) 
don't want to find out. Yeah, I mean, I would think a ton, right? I mean, the hippos are huge, and they have thick hides. I would think, you know, one bullet or something. It's not like you're going to kill a hippo shooting at one time. Let's go to Australia for the next story here. A fire at a cattle breeding facility caused 100 canisters full of sperm to explode, blanketing the lab and forcing firefighters to dodge projectiles filled with the valuable cattle (laughs) semen. This is a true story. The Yarram Herd Services building, located in the Gippsland region of Australia, burst into flames Monday morning. The blaze quickly took the structure out and destroyed the cryogenic canisters that were filled with semen, reports ABC Australia. It took 10 fire crews nearly two hours to put the blaze out. The liquid inside the cylinders was rapidly expanding, and essentially the lids of the cryogenic cylinders were just popping off the top, and projectiles were being thrown from the building. Country Fire Authority Gippsland Commander Chris Loken Coley told ABC. He also says that this forced firefighters to go into a defensive mode to protect both themselves and the neighboring community, adding, they did a magnificent job. So here's the thing about this Yarum herd services. They say, yeah, it's not a laughing matter because each canister is worth between three hundred and fifty and seven hundred dollars, and this cattle semen inside, shot, literally, huh? <laughs> yes, uh, expensive. Yar- Yarum herd services committee vice chairman Aaron Thomas told ABC, listen to this, I'm not making this up. It's going to be a huge blow, especially to our farmers. He said. Oh, Aaron, you could have chose some better words. Firefighter, facials, money shots. I mean, I wouldn't have anticipated this. Oh, my goodness. And uh, I don't know if we have, dang it, we only have 30 seconds. I wanted to tell you about how Florida is looking for 50 brave souls to hunt pythons. Oh, we'll do that at open hour three. Okay, yeah. Uh, Especially because Jacksonville, uh, it connects because we got Thursday night football down in Florida. So we got a python story in Florida to start off in hour three as we also talk about what the Jags are going to do against the Titans, Jalen Ramsey, Marcus Mariota, Gardner Minshew, and more. The NFL Week 3 is back, and we just told you one of the wackiest uh, Animal Thunderdome stories of all time. Hope you enjoyed it on your Thursday morning. This is OutKick on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Danny G, you said you've been watching this new Ken Burns country music documentary. Yeah, I watched it from the start. It's going to return on Sunday, but last night's edition of it, they got into the Johnny Cash years, which just amazing, man, how he was on the road with Elvis and everything that happened is with Sun Is that a Sun cool Records. documentary? I haven't seen any of it. But Dude, that is an 11 out of 10 so far. Really? Yeah, it's Even a, it's if you're awesome. not a huge country music fan, Doesn't the even stories matter. are just so good. Yeah, if you just like music in general, you will love it. Yeah, I need to uh, I need to check it out at some point. I'm gonna put it on the list. The problem is I got so much on the list. Once football season gets here, it's hard to catch up. Uh, and speaking of football season, we got week three going on tonight. Uh, a couple of gambling picks for you. I like the Titans. I think this is a massive game for Marcus Mariota. Uh, we talked last week about how Jameis Winston on the Thursday night game, coming off of a loss, it was massive for him for both these guys. Look, they're in their fifth year of their contract. They're both making twenty million dollars a year this year. It's good work. But the question that I think is hanging over both for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and for the Tennessee Titans is, what is the long-range future of each of these quarterbacks, not just with the team they're with now, but also in the league? And whatever they're putting out there is a big part of their overall value in the years to come if they are going to be starters. Now, I think both these guys are just 25 years old. Typically, a quarterback uh, doesn't peak until around 29 years old. So, uh, in theory, they still have the ability to rise up. But on a week-to-week basis, when you have a bad game, and it's fair to say that Jameis Winston was very bad in week one against the San Francisco 49ers, and I think while Marcus Mariota wasn't really, really bad, it's not like he turned the ball over multiple times or was truly atrocious against the Indianapolis Colts, he wasn't a $20 million a year-plus guy in that game two loss to the Colts. So this is a must-win game. You're going up against Gardner Minshew. To me, the breakdown is pretty simple and straightforward here. Which running back can move the ball? Leonard Fournette for the Jacksonville Jaguars with Gardner Minshew starting his uh, second career game. You know they're going to lean on him in a big way. Uh, Same thing is true with Derrick Henry, who has dominated and owned the Jacksonville Jaguars in recent history. Had a 99-yard touchdown where he threw off the whole team last year uh, and uh, was absolutely dominant. The other question is, uh, what is going to happen with Jalen Ramsey? Jalen Ramsey, uh, according to Adam Schefter, an NFL team called the league office and said, can he play on Thursday and Sunday? 
So how much of this is brinksmanship when the Jags are saying that they're going to play Jalen Ramsey tonight? How much of it is uh, the truth? Are they going to really play him and risk potentially him getting injured and then you can't trade him for anything? And you also then are left holding the bag on his contract with him scheduled to make $13.7 million next year. Or is this a ploy by the Jacksonville Jaguars to get a little bit more compensation in order to move uh, to move Jalen Ramsey at the last possible minute? I think that's a storyline to follow all day long here. Ultimately, I think the Titans get it done. They are a one-and-a-half point favorite right now. I think they cover. I think it's a low-scoring game. I think the under is the play. It's under 39 right now. Wouldn't stun me at all if uh, if the final score in this game is something like 21-17, 21-13, 21-10. I think Dub, uh, you said 17-14. That wouldn't su- su- surprise me. And it wouldn't surprise me if there's no touchdowns. If this was like 9-6, uh, I, I could see something like that happening. I think it's going to be ugly, low-scoring. Titans have to win. Uh, Jags would like to win. I think Titans get it done, but uh, but I am uh, I'm going to be watching because NFL Week Three is officially back, and those are what I would say are the major storylines out there. Encourage you to download the podcast. Make sure you don't miss anything. We'll keep you updated. Uh, obviously, as the Antonio Brown drama continues to build as we head towards Week Two, the investigation ongoing with the uh, with the NFL and uh, also with the start of college football. I can't wait uh, to see. I would say really kind of the start of big time games in college football with Notre Dame on the road against uh, against Georgia. you got Auburn on the road against uh, A&M. you got Wisconsin hosting Michigan. This is kind of a moving week for the first time, I would say, in college football. And by moving week, it's like, hey, I'm moving into the legitimate contenders for the playoff, and I'm moving out of being the legitimate contender for the playoff. My favorite game of those three in terms of having a read on what's going to happen, I think Georgia's going to blow out Notre Dame in a big way. I think it's going to be a coming out party for uh, Jake Fromm as the Heisman candidate, also uh, for everybody else surrounding Georgia, for people to start saying, you know what, I think the Bulldogs may be the best team in all of college football. So we'll see. Uh, we'll be talking a lot about that on the Friday edition of the show. Appreciate all of you hanging out. Um, and uh, as we roll out, final picks really quickly. Uh, Danny G, you've got the Titans. I do, and you're saying there may not be touchdowns. I hope Derrick Henry has two yeah, I need him too. Dub's got the Jags and he's got the under. Uh, Eddie has got the Titans and uh, I believe that Roberto has got the Jags. I've got the Titans and the under. We'll be talking about it a lot on Lock It In. Check us out, 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central, 2.30 Mountain, 1.30 Pacific on FS1. Should be a lot of fun. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Thanks for hanging with us here on Outkick, the coverage. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, 
At these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.